Welcome to the Outside Right podcast. Welcome to another episode of Football Travel from Outside Right. I'm editor Chris Lee and coming up in this episode... They are claiming that there's been a 25% increase in attendances for League of Ireland. So that's pretty big. We talked to Dublin-based football writer Steve McGovern about travelling around the League of Ireland. The Outside Right podcast. Just before we crack on, if you enjoy what we're doing here at Outside Right, do please leave a review on your preferred podcast provider. really helps get the word out there, and we appreciate that. On with the show. So I'm delighted to be joined by Steve McGovern from the Final Third blog, based in Dublin. Welcome, Steve. Hi, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me on. No, thanks for coming on. We're going to be talking about the League of Ireland, which I know has been making a lot of effort to to promote itself uh, in recent years. But do you want to just, before we do, give us a bit of background on yourself and the Final Third? Yeah, so I'm I'm a sports writer. I've previously worked for uh, Balls.ie, Marca, and a few others. Uh, at the moment, uh, I'm a content manager and editor of the Final Third. So it's a it's a weekly Europhile football podcast. So obviously, we, we cover all the you know major football in Europe and talk about a lot of the kind of issues and stuff in uh, world football as well. Brilliant. And uh, when it comes to the League of Ireland, um, for those who are who aren't aware, what, what's the format, when does the season run, who are the key teams? Yeah, so it's interesting because it's actually, it's changed this year. Um, it used to be 12 teams and they would all play each other three times. Mm-hmm. So this this year, the FAI, the Football Association of Ireland, they decided to trim the league down to 10 teams and then those 10 teams play each other four times a season. And that's been slightly, that's come in for a lot of criticism and it's been slightly controversial because they tried it before and it didn't work um, about 10 years ago. And some of the criticisms are that it could become repetitive. So you're going to see the same team, you know, uh, several times in a season. And with cups, you could be playing a team five or six times a year. So um, that's, you know, that's a, uh, basically how the format is for the for this season anyway. But it runs from uh, February to October. We've had a summer league here in Ireland since about 2003. So basically to avoid, you know, the harsh winter months uh, where, you know, if, if, if League of Ireland football was played during those, you know, November, December, January, mm. the pitches would just be torn up and there's not a lot of money there to kind of keep the, keep it going during those months. Um, and... Yeah, so the better weather, and also so that they don't conflict with the conflict with the the Premier League, obviously, um, because the majority of Irish football fans would be Premier League. They'd support Premier League teams, not necessarily League of Ireland teams. So they try to avoid uh, clashing with those games as often as possible. And ever since it's moved to a summer league, we've seen improved European results. Uh, you know, we've had Dundalk and Shamrock Rovers make it to the group stage of the Europa League, and um, it's it's worked so well that um, even I've seen in Scotland there's a debate over whether to go to the same route. In terms of uh, the key teams this season, Cork City are the current champions, so they're looking to retain. It's the it's the first time they've won the league in 12 years, and they also won the FAI Cup, so they won the double last season. And they were able to uh, wrench that away from Dundalk, who had won the three previous titles um, under Stephen Kenny. So 
it's big rivalry this season between those two. It'd be interesting to see who wins between it. But then just behind them, kind of the chasing pack, we've got Derry City, who's uh, who are managed by Kenny Shields, who's a very um, interesting character. Um, people should look up some of his interviews. Mm. Um, but uh, obviously, some of your listeners might know Derry City because of the untimely death of uh, Ryan McBride last season, which kind of derailed their season. And it was just a, a heartbreaking heartbreaking time for for the club and its fans um and then behind them we'd have shamrock rovers who <clears throat> haven't won the league in a, in a few years now it's it's been about five or six years i think um but they're the most successful club in uh, ireland and um, they've won the most leagues and the most cups and all that um, and an interesting stat for you is that um harry kane scored his first ever goal for uh, Spurs against Shamrock Rovers in the Europa League, and uh, it sounds like the power base lies outside Dublin, then, at least in recent years. Um, oh, in in recent years for sure. So, like like I said, there hasn't been a Dublin team that's won it in in about in about five years now. Um, the teams in in Cork and Dundalk are really kind of they're, they're kind of pushing away from the rest of the pack, um, especially with with European money. It's such it makes such a difference. We see that with those four teams that I just mentioned, they're kind of creating this kind of top four and they take up those European spots. And basically the, the money from UEFA makes such a difference compared to what, because the, the prize money in the league is, is minuscule. So if you make it into the Europa League and you win even just one or two games, you know, that's your budget sorted for, you know, this season, next season. You know, you can pay much higher wages than the rest of the teams. And, and those kind of teams are just pulling away at the minute. Mm-hmm. So the likes of, we've seen the likes of St. Pat's Athletic, uh, Bohemians and Shelburne, uh, the three three of the major Dublin teams aside from Shamrock Rovers, they have fallen away a lot in the last few years. So the, the Dublin teams have kind of fallen away and it, but it's good for, for the sport in the country. I think that there's good spread all around the country kind of, 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 of strong teams. Okay. And I mentioned, um, off air that it's not just about the format of when the season runs, but also you saying it's Friday night games. that doesn't conflict with, um, Gaelic football or hurling that, that happens typically on a Sunday and, and imagine as well, not to conflict with premier league matches on a, Saturday and Sunday as well. Yeah, so the the GAA would kind of be the biggest. It would it, it would really be the biggest sport in the country. It's our national sport. Um, generally, uh, during the summer, like you know, the teams. Although there wouldn't be like you know, you know, not everyone plays each other every weekend in the because it's kind of a it's complicated. But basically, our major competition in Gaelic games is a cup competition. Mm-hmm. So you don't have teams playing each other week in week out. You know, you might have a game once every four weeks, so it's not it's not like in football where you're you're trying to sell out your ground every two weeks. However, uh, for the big games, you'll you'll get like crowds of seventy to eighty thousand at Croke Park, and the domestic uh, you know soccer game in Ireland just can't compete with that. For the showpiece game in the um, FEI Cup final in the Aviva Stadium every year. You know, we get about twenty to thirty thousand people 
and that would be the height of it for for League of Ireland. What's the capacity it's, of the Aviva? The Aviva is about uh, fifty thousand, just a, a, a snidge over fifty thousand. Um, so, you know, if if the League of Ireland tried to go head to head with GA, it just it would lose because the GA is is essentially it's in every parish, it's in every village in Ireland. There's a team in every town. It's it's just can't compete, and we've seen how basically teams here have gone out of business or folded a lot in the last you know 10 15 years because they can't get the crowds and they would you know I, I think they probably look at Gaelic games and they look very enviously probably over over there and uh, at the kind of crowds that they would get for games okay brilliant so um for would-be groundhoppers visitors to Ireland will probably go to Dublin and many won't yeah. venture further afield uh, for those that do what's the best atmosphere they can should be able to get hold of what sort of price should they be paying and and how do you get out to these these exciting clubs at the minute like Dundalk and Cork? For the best atmosphere, I'd say but probably Bohemians in Daly Mount. They were getting good crowds last year. They really they really had a they had a big drive to try get the fans back in through the gates and they got some good crowds and while they they don't really have the means to contest at the higher end of the league or in the cup competitions um, they've really become they've really put a focus on the community of, of late so they've become a bit of a community club um, and they've really tried to make the most of the resources they have and the fans have been a huge part of that so they you'll see them they'll have you know every now and again they'll have big TFOs that kind of thing and they make loads of noise every week um, also but interesting about Bohemians as well is that this is the last year of uh, Daily Mount Park. So Daily Mount used to host um, Ireland games back in the day before they decided to move to Lansdowne Road to share with the to share the ground with the rugby team. But Daily Mount is so old and it's 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 in it's re- in real disrepair at the minute. There's only kind of there's only two stands in use. So you have an away stand and then you got the home stand. Uh, and then the other two are just, if you look at them, like one of them, I think it, it had to close down because of the fire safety hazard. There's a terrace on one end, which just has, you know, uh, shrubbery and, and whatnot growing on it. Um, so this, this is the last year before it gets torn up and rebuilt. The FEI are building it uh, as part of a legacy plan for Euro 2020, because we'll be hosting a few of the group stage games uh, for that tournament. Uh, yeah, well, the games would be taking place at the Aviva, but kind of just as a legacy plan, the FEI decided that they were going to do up Daily Mount because it's kind of considered the home of Irish football. So for that might interest a lot of your, your ground-hopping listeners to know that this is the last chance to really see that the old Daily Mount in its, in its current form, in the form that it has been for, you know, so many decades. Uh, and, you know... People like Johnny Giles and uh, you know Pele and stuff have played at this ground, you know, and and it's a little bit of history in in Irish football. So that's it's a great opportunity, I think, for people uh, to go see it. They're also kind of considered a bit of a hipster club, and I think this word is thrown a lot. It's thrown around a lot about teams, but um, I don't know of any other club that has a resident poet. That's brilliant. In terms of accessibility like all the Dublin clubs are, are easily accessible by public transport you know by uh, either trams buses uh, trains 
So all of them are pretty easy to get to. What about the quality of players in the league? Is it a case of young player talent goes to England and Scotland, or is the league able to retain a lot of young talent? There's just kind of a belief that if, well, unless you can do it in England, you can't do it for the national team, which is a bit unfortunate because there are, there is a lot of talent here. Um, you know, uh, we had recently a player, uh, probably the most talented player in, in the league, Patrick McElhenney, you know, an absolutely fabulous player. If, if some of your listeners want to look up Patrick McElhenney goals, they, they will not be disappointed because honestly he has one of the best highlight reels you'll ever see. Um, but he ended up moving to Oldham and for a lot of fans, um, for a lot of Dundalk fans anyway, you know, they, they see that and they think he's selling himself short because they know how good he is. They know that he could be so much better than just League One. As a as a colleague a colleague of mine on the final third said, Oldham is where careers go to die. <laughs> so to see a player of that ability then to 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 go to you know, a League One team you know, it's a bit disappointing. However, you have to look at it in the sense that these players are on short-term contracts in Ireland. Teams, you know, sometimes aren't able to pay wages. Now, that's not a problem for Dundalk, but, you know, this stability and the security that even just a League 1 or a League 2 team gives is massive. So you're kind of seeing lately, we've seen a big drain of players leave, you know, and Teams like Preston and Oldham have figured this out and they're getting absolute bargains in the Irish market. There's a, a lot of really good players there that can be snapped up for free because um, they're, they're only on one-year contracts. Sometimes you can go to, to games in Ireland and, and you never know if you're going to see maybe the next Ireland International if one of these players will end up going to England or, and making it on the international stage. What standard would you say the League of Ireland is compared to other leagues? So it's hard to find a level necessarily. If I had to say, I would say maybe League 1 or 2 in general. So budget €15 Euros a match, you said, and are people coming along? What are the attendance is like? Yeah, there's been, there's been a slight increase in crowds in the last like year or so so there's been kind of a it's kind of the, the clubs are trying more and more to promote themselves because they know that in general the, the FAI is there and they say they'll help but there there isn't the impetus in the FAI to really drive the League of Ireland so a lot of these clubs are finding that they, they have to go and do it themselves and they're, they're doing that through social media and, and other means so we've seen a slight spike in uh, crowd attendance recently yeah so on extratime.ie they've basically you know it's and it's a very hard task this but they've collated all of the attendances uh from the matches so far um up to now in the league and they are claiming that there's been a 25 percent increase in attendances for league of ireland so that's pretty big i mean if you could imagine like in the premier league you know, the, the attendance went up 25%. I mean, that would be a massive amount of people. So it is on an upward curve at the minute. I think um, people are seeing with the, uh, you know, with the with the players 
who are leaving the league and they're and they're going on to better things and seeing the teams do well in Europe, I think people are kind of waking up to the fact that there is there is a league here, there is good football to be seen. Um and you know it's it's what's needed. I think I think the clubs won't survive without the fans and thankfully they're showing up. But it sounds that things are on the up in the League of Ireland. Thanks so much for that overview where can people connect with you online? Yeah, so they can follow me on Twitter at the Novelty Act. We've also got a Twitter account for the final third. It's just the final underscore third. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, all that. Um, we have a website as well, the final third podcast.net. So every now and again, we'll put up articles or big interviews that we do. And if people want to listen to the podcast, uh, we're on SoundCloud and iTunes and, you know, the usual apps if if just to point people in the direction of any if, if there's anything in particular that they want to listen to I, w- I would suggest they should check out our final third talk series so we've done interviews with the likes of rory smith um and so on and talking about particular you know trying to talk about big issues and, and and teasing them out um and we also recently did a live show um at the sugar club in dublin where we were kind of like a warm up act, warm up act for Jonathan Wilson, uh, who was talking about his book, and we talked about the the kind of identity of Irish football. So that's a that's the pinned tweet on our Twitter account if people want to check that out as well. Brilliant! Thanks so much, Steve. No problem. Thanks again to Steve there, and don't forget you can follow us on social media. Look for Outside Right W R I T E on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and of course there's loads more travel and football history features over on outsideright.co.uk. We'll be back next time with a tour around northern Italy. Stay tuned.